What are amino acids? Why are they important? This episode is sponsored by Making the Most of Midlife, a three-day live event beginning July 21st. If you're a fan of the Midlife Mamas podcast, this event is just for you. You can register at camoiler.com, C-A-M-O-Y-L-E-R.com. Hi, I'm Cam, holistic health coach, mom to two humans and four pets. Hi, I'm Amelia, laboratory scientist by day and food scientist by night. Welcome to our show. Join us as we share our holistic approach to life after 50. You can expect real life stories with a dash of humor and a ton of truth. If it happens in midlife, we're going to talk about it. So hit that subscribe button and follow along. We're the Midlife Mamas. Amelia, why are we talking about amino acids? That is a really good question, Cam. Um, This is a subject that keeps cropping up in the health and wellness space. And since we have higher protein requirements in midlife, it we need to talk about amino acids because guess what? Amino acids are the building blocks of protein. Oh, there we go. (laughs) Yeah, we do need more protein in midlife, more than you did when you were 20, 30, or even 40. I know that's shocking. And I feel like we tend to eat less maybe when we get older or we eat more crunchy, carby things (laughs) and we forget about protein. So this is just putting protein back on your radar so you can have lots of muscle mass all through your all through your midlife. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. And we've talked about this before, but I have a question for you and maybe even for our listeners. Have you noticed when you may have seen a friend or a parent or a sister recently, maybe you haven't seen this person in a while and you notice that their upper arm, like around the bicep tricep, if you did a circumference looks smaller. And I've actually noticed with, with some of my men friends as well, who are in their 60s. So we know that unless we take steps to reverse it, our muscle mass will decrease as we age and we can see it. Absolutely. It starts to uh, uh, decrease around 30 and then it accelerates. The decreasing accelerates around 60. So we have to be intentional. And that means strength training because that's how we build muscles. Cardio is not going to cut it, ladies. And then we have to feed our muscles and that's a protein. So amino acids are the building blocks to the protein. Absolutely. And I just love this subject because I filled out a questionnaire recently, Cam, and it actually asked, you know, it was, a, it was about health and midlife and it actually asked about increasing mid, uh, midsection girth or your, or your waist, was that increasing and was your muscle tone or muscle size decreasing? And I was happy to say that my muscle size is not decreasing because I do all these things. That's that's really good. Yeah. And I just want to also say that you can't turn fat into muscle and muscle into fat. They're totally two different um, cells, if you will. But it feels like in midlife, sometimes muscle is turning into fat, but that's not really what hap- what's happening. <laughs> yeah. I think that's really good to know that, that when we refer to body composition, it refers to the amount of lean muscle mass versus fat. And you can change that, but the actual converting one cell into another is a myth. Yeah, that can't happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, muscles are expensive to keep around and that's why we need to make sure we're feeding them with, uh, with protein. And, um, yeah, so that's how we change our body composition is we strength train and then we feed our muscles. It's really good to know. And I think if we're not intentional about this, Cam, it's so easy to be so far down the slope of muscle loss and fat gain that we don't even realize it's happened. And then once you're down that slope, getting back up to 
a normal body composition or a healthy one, I should say, is very, very difficult. Yeah. And I wonder if people think that they're going to get bulky, which is like really hard to do if you're a woman. So I don't know, you know, if you're not strength training, please consider strength training twice a week. Do it for your health. Do it for all the other health benefits, which includes blood sugar and muscle and bone density. All of those are health benefits, like things that are happening on the inside because your body has more muscle. Right. Absolutely. I know so many women, Cam, who have fallen in their 60s mm. and, any t- you know, they break a hip, they break mm. something. And, you know, that, that, that those sorts of injuries are very difficult to come back from. And if you are in your 60s or 70s or know someone in that age range who's fallen and broken a bone, it's kind of a never ending cycle. So, mm-hmm. you know, your bones are brittle because maybe you didn't strength train or take in enough protein and then you break it and then it's that much harder to heal. So all of this works together synergistically, which is good. But once it starts going down a bad path, it's hard to correct. So let's, let's really, really try not to uh, let our muscles go to waste here. Yeah. So we're going to talk about this. I heard this recently on a podcast and I don't remember the doctor's name, but she was really an advocate about us getting more protein now than ever. And like the recommended daily allowances were so inadequate. (laughs) That was one thing she said. And she was talking about Americans and she said, we don't have an over fat problem. We have an under muscle problem. And I was like, whoa, that's fascinating. That's another way to think about it. We focus on the obesity, but why don't we focus on getting more muscle and all the other things would uh, disappear or greatly reduce. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's a more positive way to look at it, Cam. When we mm-hmm. talk about the things we can't have, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, if we if we think about our foods and we, oh, well, I can't have that. No. Reframe that to say, I get to fuel my body with these beautiful foods, including proteins to help your um, muscle stay intact. There you go. So the basics about protein, protein is made up of 20 amino acids, 20 of them. And they're used by the body to break down our food and repair our body tissue. And I think that's so fascinating that we can eat something and actually does something for our bodies, like rebuild rebuild your muscles. (laughs) Right. And you know, I put this on all kinds of my Instagram posts. In fact, one of my favorite hashtags is food is medicine. So this is an example of how that actually works. So it, uh, the amino acids also help make help us make hormones and brain chemicals, provide us energy, and as we've already stated, build muscle. So these basic building blocks of protein, these amino acids, have so many amazing benefits in our bodies. Yep. It helps our brain chemicals. It helps our hormones. Energy, all of these things are based out of protein. Right. And this is fascinating. So the amino acids are broken into three groups. They're essential amino acids, which are super important because those are not made by our body. So they have to become, they have to come through food or supplements. Like we don't make them. (laughs) That's the only way you're going to get them. What's the next group? The next one is non-essential. And believe it or not, our bodies can produce some of these amino acids. So the non-essential, meaning they're not essential for you to consume. These are ones you can make on your own. 
Amazing. And this one was new to me, conditional. I was not familiar with this term. These are not essential to the body function except in times of illness or stress. <laughs> Do you know anything else about those? Not really, but I found that kind of I understood what it meant, but I'm with you. I had not heard that term. And maybe in previous uh, generations of literature, it may have been called something else. But I do know that our body's needs during stress or illness are different from kind of a steady state. So I'm not really well, surprised. Yeah, it's me neither. And we mention all the time that magnesium is one of those things you need more of during stress. And stress is recovering from an injury or life stress or, you know, all, all of the stresses. So yeah, so that makes total sense to me. Absolutely. So because we want to teach our listeners how what they might need or how they might supplement. Let's talk, Cam, about the essential amino acids. And these are the ones that our bodies don't make. And I'm just going to list them to, to start with. I think there's seven or eight. I actually didn't count, but but they're, they're, they are specific. So we have histidine, isoleucine, leucine. Those are two different things, guys. Isoleucine and leucine. Lysine, methionine, phenylalanine, threonine, tryptophan and valine. So those are the essential amino acids. And I'll list these in the show notes. I'll spell them out for you. Those are the ones that our bodies cannot make on its own. Yes. And so there are nine of them. And I remember seeing on the back of my vital proteins, I mean, um, there's eight of the nine essential amino acids are on the in vital proteins, for example. So one of them's missing. I don't remember which one it is. <laughs> yeah, but that's really good for our listeners to know that something that we consume daily does contain the vast majority of these uh, vital or essential amino acids that we can't make. And when we think about protein, we think about it's coming mainly from meat and fish and stuff like that. But we also produce also has protein. So just keep that in mind. You you might, I, I'm a former vegetarian, <laughs> recovering, I call it. And, you know, I was always like, where am I getting my protein? But there are lots of protein of sources that are plant sources, but they may not be complete protein sources. So we're going to talk about that in a moment. Yeah, absolutely. So let's just run down quickly. We don't have to get into the nitty gritty on every one of these essential amino acids, Cam. But let's just hit the highlights of these nine that are essential. Histidine was the first, and it's actually a precursor to histamine. You may know histamine is the chemical in our bodies that is produced when we have some sort of allergic reaction. So Mm -hmm. histidine is a precursor to that. So so it uh, functions in our immune system. So that's kind of intuitive, I guess. If you're allergic to something, your allergic reaction is a response to something um, that your immune system has picked up. It also has function with sleep and sexual function. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah, we all love that. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, isoleucine. I'll go ahead and cover the next one. Isoleucine uh, functions in muscle metabolism muscle metabolism and immune function, hemoglobin production. And you'll remember that hemoglobin is the um, stuff in our red blood cells that carries oxygen. So super important. And uh, isoleucine also aids in energy regulation. That's important. The next one I'm very familiar with is leucine and it's a growth hormone and helps regulate your blood sugar, which I'm a fan of, heals wounds, and it is essential for building midlife muscle. So it's really an, a, really a, an important essential. I guess they all are, but I'm, I like building muscle. So there we go. Lys- yeah, absolutely. Lysine's next, and that's for our hormones and our energy. 
Right. And then methionine is for tissue growth, and it also functions in the detoxification processes in our body. So, you know, we have environmental stresses as well as occasionally we do put things in our bodies that might be that our body has to clear. And those aren't necessarily bad things. Our body has to clear uh, medications, whether they're prescription or over-the-counter. Our bodies have to detox from alcohol or pollution. So the methionine is really good for that. It also helps our body absorb zinc and selenium, which are minerals. And I know that zinc does also aid in the immune system. So uh, you're, you're hearing a lot of these recurring things about these essential amino acids, growth, hormones, regulation, detox. So a lot of these functions are very similar. I agree. And also zinc is also good for your skin. So they're, so, they're just all woven together. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that I knew that fact about zinc, Cam. Oh, Thanks for that. That's because of my um, acne <laughs> research earlier oh, in my I life. See, oh, I yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know about that one. <laughs> also, as a former vegetarian, we tend to, we tend to need more zinc um, because our stomach acid decreases when you're not eating meat fish, for example. So zinc is really Gosh, a, an important supplement. I am so learning so much. I don't think I knew that either. That's just such good information. I'm, I'm glad it's helpful. <laughs> what's up? <laughs> what's up next? So the next one is phenylalanine um, and it aids in the production of dopamine. So I believe, I can't remember how long ago, Cam, we did do a, an episode. I don't know that it was called brain chemicals, but something we, we did talk about these brain chemicals. So the phenylalanine aids in the production of dopamine, epinephrine, and norepinephrine. Do you remember what we said about dopamine? Uh, I want to say that's like a feel good hormone. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure when it came up, but it certainly certainly did come up for sure. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. So the next essential amino acid is threonine, and it's involved in collagen and elastin. So can you tell us anything about that? Well, that I mean, that's our skin, our nail, and our hair, yes. right? <laughs> and our ligaments and all that. So yeah, collagen was like, I believe, the first meat product I started using. And um, it was for muscle soreness and also just healing. I had had a hysterectomy. It was a few months after. I'm like, well, I can use all the help I can get on my skin. <laughs> so I'll start taking this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. And the other thing about collagen and elastin, I always think of those uh, elements in our body. If I wake up and I'm creaky, I feel like, oh, I, you know, I need a collagen supplement to you know, kind of lube my ligaments, as it were. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And yes, and I always wonder if I'm getting out of bed achy, I'm like, what did I eat the day before? <laughs> did I eat out? Because that's usually the case. <laughs> Right. We've got a couple more essential amino acids. Uh, the next to last one is tryptophan, aids in nitrogen balance and serotonin production. Serotonin is that happy hormone as well. Tryptophan, you may have heard of. I'm pretty sure I'm correct about this. I think it's in Turkey. Yeah, that's what so, I was thinking. Yeah. 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 So we, you know, there's, there's jokes about after your Thanksgiving meal, you're all, you know, happy. And is that because your belly is full or because tryptophan has been released and, and it, it aids in the production of serotonin? And because we know um, if, if you or someone you know suffers from depression, one of the drugs is SSRI, and that that's related to the production of serotonin. So this is all related, but we'd much rather have our happy hormones and chemicals in the form of foods than in drugs, right? Yeah, absolutely. And serotonin, the majority of serotonin is made in your gut. So if you're eating crappy inflammatory foods that make you feel like dog poo, <laughs> there's not much serotonin in your life. So something to think about. <laughs> absolutely. And then so the last, oh, sorry, you go ahead. And then valine's our last one. 
that's for muscle growth and tissue regeneration, help regrow things. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not super familiar with that one, Cam. Just compiling this list was the first time I had paid much attention to that one. But just I had heard of many of these before in my education and just, you know, listening to the health and wellness space. But I think the take home as far as essential amino acids is to understand that there are things that your body needs that you can't make on your own and making sure you get these in your uh, food sources. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like, you know, did you grow up reading the cereal? box when you were growing up as a oh, kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I read the back of like the amino acid, the collagen now, the vital proteins. So that's my, that's my history on <laughs> the essentials is just what's on the back of the a package. <laughs> hey, that's a great place to start. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to talk about complete protein. So a complete protein contains all the nine essentials, the ones that our body does not make. And generally, you can find those like an animal protein, beef, poultry, eggs, fish, soy, buckwheat, quinoa. Quinoa is great. I love quinoa. Um, but you can combine rice and beans and rice and beans together makes a complete protein. So that's an, something to keep in mind. Right. And we've talked about protein sources and clean protein sources on many other episodes. If you are a vegetarian, pay special attention. I think it's really an awesome tidbit to know that quinoa is a complete protein. I, I bet if you ask the average citizen if there's any complete proteins that are non-veg or non-animal sources, they may not know the answer. <laughs> so I just think that's a really cool tip. And if you are consuming animal products, please make sure that they're clean and ethically raised because we know that the vast majority of animal protein that's out there just to be had out of the grocery is probably um, not, it probably has a whole lot of other stuff in it that you might not want in your body. Yeah, they were probably fed GMO corn, which is uh, sprayed with pesticides, which of course transfers to the animal. So you don't want that stuff in your, in your body. Sure. I totally agree. And I've taken great lengths to improve my protein over the last few years. Um, So if we have complete proteins, Cam, we must have incomplete ones too. Is that true? That is true. So they don't have all eight. And so I guess you would consider collagen an incomplete since it doesn't have all of it. It only has eight of the nine. Anyway, so these contain some of the essentials, but not all. That would be like nuts, some of the grains, seeds, and beans. So again, if you combine the beans with the rice, then it does become complete. So just knowing that they're not all there, you can't only eat that and be covered. Right. And I think, you know, when we talked about doing this episode, Cam, we, you know, we've always, always preached about complete foods. So if you're eating a healthy diet with, you know, lots of colors and lots of different natural whole foods, the likelihood is that you are getting all of these essential amino acids in your diet already. But we've just given you a few um, sources that might help you out in case you're wondering. Absolutely. And some people do choose to take amino acids to improve their sleep or their athletic performance. And I know in the triathlete world, you had friends that partaked in this next one. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know if any of our friends out there have heard of or have taken BCAAs, that's branch chain amino acids, about, I don't know, seven, eight years ago when I was still on the periphery of the triathlon world, these were getting a lot of attention. And I've, I've kind of lost track of what people are talking about in that space. But branch chain amino acids um, make up a sizable portion of your 
of your body's muscle protein. And it literally means that they're branch chains. And I could go into all of the science of what the chains are and the carboxyl group and all hydroxy group, but nobody really wants to hear that. So I won't <laughs> go into all that, but you can have, you can take supplements uh, that are labeled as BCAAs, uh, GNC and, and those sorts of places definitely have them. And I think bodybuilders um, sometimes use these too, but they're touted as really decreasing the time of recovery and or alleviating muscle soreness. So, you know, I did a very short stint where I took these cam. Um, I experimented with them again about seven or eight years ago, but my mind and body seem to have a finite amount of things that it can keep up with. And this was the tipping point for me. So I didn't feel like it gave me so much benefit and it just fell off of the routine habit. So I don't have a plus or minus to say about branch chain amino acids. I just didn't stick with using it, but there are a lot of people that really swear by them. Yeah. uh, We have some upstairs. I know Empirica, one of my favorite supplement companies makes it and someone from the gym didn't like the way it tasted and handed it over. But I I think Dan's used it once and it's just sitting in the cabinet. I think my bandwidth for just one more thing is just falling off. So maybe I'll revisit it. I'll do an experiment. Yeah. If you do, if you're an experiment of one, like we advocate all the time, let us know how that works out. But yeah, they do. The ones I took had a little bit of a funny flavor, but just like everything else, make sure that you get them from a reputable company. And I buy from um, Empirica as well. So mm-hmm. I, I do trust their products. But if you're, you know, if you're beyond the normal weight training, if we have some listeners who are, you know, younger or into more, you know, strenuous, give it a try. It might work for you. It's just another option. Yeah, totally. And as part of me not becoming a or leaving the vegetarian world, I feel like my body was called to getting more protein. And I I ate fish. I I was vegetarian for a while. Then I salmon. I like love salmon. And I knew once or twice a week, I would just crave it. And I always took that as a sign that I need more protein in my life. And so the first like non-fish product was definitely the vital proteins. And now, I guess since January, <laughs> I I eat red meat um, a few times a week. <laughs> I haven't explored you- I haven't explored chicken yet and I or pork is that is not on my radar, but I mean we had brisket last night. <laughs> I don't know. How how do you feel, Cam? I mean, does it does it bother your stomach or your digestion at all? So maybe at the very beginning because you make less stomach acid. Um, but I crave it and I don't I just crave it. Now I will say last week when I was traveling with my son, we drove from Nebraska to Denver and we passed a ton of feedlots. And feedlots are what they do to the cattle at the end of their life. And so they shove them in this really muddy area and feed them corn. (laughs) And the whole purpose is to to get them fat. And so um, driving like numerous, we pass numerous of these feedlots. And, and, the rest of the trip, you see these cows and they're out in the pasture and they're eating green grass and you're like, have this free life. And that's the kind of cow I want to eat. And I don't want to eat cows that end their life in a feedlot eating corn through a little metal thing they shove their head through. So I was wondering how I was going to react to that, um, seeing that, because I feel like my not eating meat was because of emotional, like I, because of their animals, because I care for them. So anyway... <laughs> Just I think that's a great, I think it's a great story. Um, I've probably told this story before, but there is a book and it's not a recent publication called 
Omnivore's Dilemma. And I want to say Mark Bittman is the author. I'll have to look that up. But Cam, I couldn't get through it because okay. it was extremely detailed in the description of how these animals are treated. And just so everyone listening knows, this actually wasn't part of our script, but I think it's a great kind of ecological and ethical lesson to just pay attention because when we buy these foods that we don't know anything about, it may not be healthy for us, the environment or the animals. So there's a lot of research that shows that these animals are not healthy themselves and aren't all that healthy for us. So I applaud you for paying attention to your emotions because we know that di- that you're, you're specifically your digestion. You will feel mm-hmm. like, like your emotions will be manifested. But, you know, all of us have that to some extent. I think we need to be very intentional and pay attention to what we eat and where it came from. Yeah, I think mine when I became a vegetarian was I was a mom and that was like my role. That was my title. And if if other animals care for their young and I'm a mom, how can I eat them? I don't know. That's somehow the connection. Anyway, anyway. I think it's a beautiful way to think about it and Mm -hmm. to not, you know, and I've read books that talk about the Native American way of life where they appreciate and they thank the animals and the plants before they eat them. And I, we're so, so far away from that in modern culture and society. I think it's sad. Mm -hmm. So I just love that you're that intuitive and feel that strongly about those human and non-human around you. I do feel like my body called for more protein. So I, you know, anyway, I'm here for it. And I guess that's the moral of the story is be curious. And if something comes up for you or it doesn't feel right, or it does feel right, you know, be truthful to yourself and, you know, follow that thread and see where it leads you. Cause that's my story. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm in total agreement. So this whole talk about amino acids is just to educate everyone, but to be curious, be an experiment of one, be informed about but what your body needs, but in the end, listen to, to hear and uh, realize what your body wants. Thanks for listening today. You can find us on Instagram at midlife.mamas. For all of our other contact info, check out the show description below, and we will talk to you next week.